This is Making Shift Happen, and I'm your host, Jen Cates. Over the years, I've coached hundreds of clients to find their ideal self through the way they nourish their bodies and minds, and now I'm here to help pass on these same strategies to you. So let's stop the madness and get your results once and for all. Let's go. Friend, welcome to another episode of Making Shift Happen. If I sound like Kermit the Frog, I do. Uh, Unfortunately, I managed somehow to finally get COVID. Uh, It's been three years and here I am. Uh, Unfortunately, I just, I waited a little too long, a day too long to record this uh, because I was waiting to get a couple of answers and a couple of questions rather. And now you're stuck with this voice. So I know it sounds like I'm going to possibly pick up a 1-900 line, but have no fear, friend. That's not going to happen in today's episode. Instead, today we're going to be talking about zone two training and the endurance training that I talked about in a couple of episodes ago. And let me tell you, people's curiosity really got piqued about this, especially mountain bikers and especially folks who like to do high intensity sports, i.e. CrossFit, um, mountain biking, you know, things that are extremely strenuous and just intense. And that's cool. I loved that you all gave it a listen and really kind of sunk your teeth into it and tried to tried to understand the importance of zone two training and and how you can get there effectively. And also, there were some questions about how to to kind of manage it with a busy schedule. How do you fit it in? And how the hell do you make time for it, Jen? That was like a big question. And of course, that's going to be something that is really tough to answer. Not going to lie. Uh, it's going to be something that's going to be a very difficult thing to answer because that is going to be more of a case-by-case type of situation. However, there were a couple of other questions that I did get, especially in regards to zone two training and finding your zone two heart rate uh, because some folks just have a really, really low resting heart rate and also a low high heart rate, max heart rate. So, you know, what do you do in those instances? Well, this episode is for you. I'm going to answer a handful of these questions. And again, I only got like a handful, uh, no biggie, but hopefully this episode will help shed some light on what you can kind of do and focus on going forward to make this zone two training effective. All right. With that being said, I'm going to take a sip of water and get this going. Uh, for those of you who are also wondering, I actually feel fine. It's just, my nose is just a little stuffy. I feel like I have allergies. So just a heads up, uh, allergies misconstrued as, as good old vid or vid, I guess I should say is, uh, is moonlighting as, uh, allergies. So the number one question that I got was Jen, how the heck do I fit it in? How do I fit in zone two training? And this is the thing. You have to look at the purpose of your sport. What is the main sport that you're doing time and time again? What is the main sport that you're racing for? Is it mountain biking? Is it indeed mountain biking, which it is for a vast majority of my listeners for obvious reasons, because I'm also a mountain biker and I cater this show completely to mountain bikers and folks who do adventure sports. So here's the thing. Mountain biking is a high intensity sport. All right. You do have to be very adept at doing interval type based training, you know, basically like hit type of stuff. Uh, And when I say hit, just in case you didn't know, high intensity interval training. So you have to be able to go really intense for a short duration of time, kind of like you're, you're climbing up a short punchy climb, right? And then you have to be able to relax and, and, you know, utilize a recovery period when you're going a little downhill or on your own, you're on a flat space or something like that on the trail. Just to give you an idea. 
HIIT training really does correlate with, you know, undulating trails. So the up and down, up and down, up and down, which is going to be pretty common with most mountain bike trails. You know, I know out here in Colorado, you do have to climb for a little bit on most of our trails uh, in order to get to more of the undulating trails. But, you know, whatever. That's splitting hairs. And I don't want to split hairs today. So if you're a mountain biker, like I am, great. Majority of your sport is going to be in the high intensity interval type of domain. So you should be adept at doing some sort of intense intervals. However, if you still want to have that base endurance to be able to go out and ride for hours, to be able to go out and, and even just ride comfortably for three to four hours, then yes, having some sort of zone two base endurance is going to be really crucial for you. So it's just something to think about. How important is that to, is that to you? Because I think that's the most common question that I, that I got was the underlying question was, Jen, I don't want to give up my bike rides with my friends in order to do a zone two training. I can completely understand that. However, think about the advantage that you're going to get out of doing zone two training. Think about how much better you're going to feel doing zone two training. And I think when you think of it in terms of that way of thinking, that could really help shed some light on how important it is to sneak in that zone two training. Now, here's the thing. A lot of individuals who are more of the endurance type of athlete, they do longer distances, things like that, or they do anything that requires more of an aerobic capacity. Even if you're wanting to run six miles comfortably, you know, or bike, hell, even if you just want to bike seven miles comfortably, which seven miles is a very common length or distance of a lot of mountain biking trails out here in Colorado that are like neighborhood trails, things that you can get to very easily here in Golden, Denver area, things like that. So if I want to be able to ride those comfortably, then guess what? I do have to have some sort of base endurance in order to sustain that aerobic capacity for that time that I am on the trail. So how important is that to me? For me personally, that is very important. I just want to have good base heart health too. And when you start to weigh things like that, I think that's when it becomes apparent of its importance in your training. Now, here's the other thing. When you look at people who do participate in aerobic training and they are at somewhat of the expert to Olympic level, right? So they're more higher end. They have the ability to, of course, spend an exorbitant amount of time at zone two training. So they have the hours that are added into their week because they are a professional athlete. They're able to do that, right? Now, my suggestion would be really, honestly, even if you can get in at least 45 minutes to an hour a week, that would be great because that's more than what you're probably doing right now when it comes to zone two training. So I'm, I'm talking about zone two heart rate training right now in terms of base endurance. So again, 45 minutes to an hour as a base is fantastic. And what's really cool, because it is not impactful, it doesn't really elevate your heart rate very much. Honestly, there are some days when I do zone two training on my off day. And it does not personally impact my recovery whatsoever. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that you were like me or that I am like you. So let's be realistic with this. Please know that my response to zone two training and using that on a rest day might work really well for me, but you might not have the same response. But again, keep in mind, this is a very, very, very low heart rate. It's a very low output. So if you have if you have trouble sneaking in zone two training into your programming for the week, great, that's fine. 
do your best. See if you can get in at least an hour, even if it means kind of on your rest day, 45 minutes to an hour rather, at least on your rest day, okay? So hopefully that kind of helps, you know, alleviate a little bit more. I will say a lot of folks also came to me and said, you know what, Jen, I've actually been doing this because I'm starting to do some preset programming in Zwift, for example, or, you know, some sort of other preset programming that is actually meant to increase their FTP. And to much, many people's surprise, they're like, wow, a lot of this training is being spent at zone two. You know, when I'm looking at it, I'm in a lot of green and blue zone, right? Which is incredible. And I, I love that people are starting to realize the importance of this and that programs are including it and not just my program, okay? So kudos to you all who are, are jumping on that bandwagon and just going after it, doing the thing. But again, you know, I know that there are some folks, like even when I was doing marathon training or half marathon training, yeah, most of my runs in the week were zone two, very, very slow. Oh my goodness. I was moving at glacial speed. Like I, you know, I, the Titanic would be fine if I was the glacier around it, honestly, because I was going so slow. Uh, so just something to think about and, you know, and acknowledge, but please know it is important, especially when you think about heart health and especially when you think about your aerobic capacity, get it in as much as you can, uh, you know, with the focus being on zone two training through your week and then sprinkling in those intervals and strength training workouts and things like that. And that would be fantastic. Um, now, another question I had was, you know, how do you pick terrain? If you want to do your zone two training outdoors, because I had some folks who tried to do zone two training, <coughs> excuse me, and they were trying to do it on their regular mountain biking trail that they usually go on. And they're like, dude, Jen, after the first climb, I was done. I was like out of zone two. Yes, you are going to need to be on a relatively flat surface, something that is, you know, very, very smooth. Uh, not super techy, because even when you do try to get over tech, guess what? Your heart can go up into zone three and beyond just because of the act of getting out of technical features, getting over and things like that. So try to choose like a gravel path, even a greenway, something like that to do your outdoor training when it comes to zone two. So it is going to be fairly boring. That's why I really recommend putting on a fabulous uh, you know, playlist, something that you love, if you're doing indoor training on your Zwift trainer, Wahoo trainer, whatever you have, great. Put on a movie, put on something, you know, some TV that maybe your partner doesn't watch. Like if you're obsessed with Bachelor or something and your your partner is not or your best friend is not, great. Watch things that you have that guilty pleasure for. Do you. And I love it because I also tell folks who are athletes of mine who are also parents, like, hey, this is your time. You know, when the kids are sleeping or whatever, great. Throw on a movie, throw on a show that you just don't get a chance to watch because you're taking care of them and put in the work, put in the zone two work. And a couple of them have been like, oh shoot, that is, uh, shoot, when do I say shoot? Oh shit, uh, you know, that is like an awesome idea. Like, let me go ahead and do that. And then they, then they report back uh, like a couple of hours later and they're like, okay, that was literally, I had so much fun. Like I felt like it was truly me time. And I just want to go ahead and applaud those, especially shred strong athletes. And I do have one one-on-one -on -one athlete that I shared this with uh, this past week who had the same insight that it was their time, you know, it was their time to put in, have some quiet time on the bike. And it's the, it, they're, they're investing into their heart health, which is really freaking rad. And I love that for them. So 
make it enjoyable. Put on a playlist, put on some sort of movie or TV show or, or first person video. I think I even shared this in the last in the last podcast episode about zone two trading. But again, just a reminder, sometimes we just need a reminder. You have to make it enjoyable because the more enjoyable it is, guess what? The more apt, the more willing you're going to be to do the thing. All right. So something to think about. Um, God, I'm starting to sound more and more like Kermit the Frog, but I'm telling you, friends, I, I actually feel okay. It's really weird. Um, okay. Another question that I had was from a couple of athletes who have a very strong cardiac health. Okay. Their cardio health is extremely healthy in terms of the fact that they have very low heart rate, resting heart rate, as well as a low max heart rate. Okay, so we're talking like max heart rates, 170, 180, resting heart rates in the low 40s. So if they were to use that calculation, it would put them in very low numbers. You know, if, if they're going to take their max heart rate minus their resting heart rate and get that heart rate reserve, HRR, that I shared in the last episode, I'm going to link that in the show notes. If you haven't listened to it yet, listen to it. Um, they're like, holy hell, then my zone two needs to be even lower than I thought. All right, let's talk about it. So yes, this is going to be the case. Your zone two is lower than you probably think it is. You're probably going too fast for your zone two training, more times than not. You're going too slow for your zones three through five, six, right? So for zone two training, what I would like to recommend is using your breath. So screw all of the contraptions, screw your wearable device. Forget about your Garmin. Forget about your your stages device that's telling you your heart rate reading. You know, like, sometimes you just have to abandon that and get in touch with you. I know it sounds super hippy-dippy. I'm getting hippy-dippy with you, though. Um, because sometimes it's just really helpful to get in touch with what feels best for you. Now, how you can tell when you get out of zone 2 training is your breathing starts to become a little bit a little bit more laborious uh, and you might have to start to feel like you need to breathe a little bit heavier or open your mouth a little bit or something to to ease the breathing when you reach that point chances are very high that you've started to reach zone three training or the zone three heart rate all right so you want to back off a little bit. You want to you want to get back into zone two. Make sure your breathing is nice and easy because remember, zone two training is something that you can do for hours. You can comfortably do for hours. This is something you can, you know, if, if you were to pick a pace, great. This is something you can easily do for three to four hours, if not more. But as soon as your breathing changes, that is going to be a, a really good indication that you might already be creeping into the early zone three or, or low zone three. So hopefully that helps kind of make sense because that is actually a fairly common question uh, from a couple of my, especially like, like I said, just uh, athletes that I work with who have already a lower resting heart rate and a lower max heart rate. And it's, it's kind of like their zone two would be like 80 beats per minute, 70 beats per minute or something like that. And, you know, honestly, when all is said and done, you kind of want to look at like, yeah, like my resting heart rate might be in the 40s. I mean, it's not right now. It's higher than it is right now because I'm sick. Um, but, you know, when your resting heart rate, like for example, mine, when I'm in more of my peak fitness, it's in the mid to upper 40s, sometimes lower 40s. Right now it's in the lower 50s. 
Um, I mean, typically, like before before the illness. But when I'm out and about and just kind of doing things like my day-to-day tasks, it's sometimes, I mean, it's going to creep into the 60s, 70s, you know? If I'm going out for a quick walk with Milo, yeah, sometimes it creeps even higher than that, you know? 90, especially if it's warmer out, oh yeah, it's definitely going to creep higher than that. Higher than that. So these are things that you kind of need to keep taking into consideration. But think about, you know, what is your heart rate when you do take your dog for a walk? Or when you do go for like just a faster walk? <coughs> Excuse me. And I think that will give you a good indication of, hey, that's actually more considered, more in line with my zone two training, more in line with my zone two heart rate. Words are hard right now, folks. I apologize. But hopefully uh, these answers have helped add some clarity to some things um, for you right now and made it just a little bit more, you know, less scary. Let's put it that way. I want it to feel less scary for you. I want zone two to be something that you get pumped up about doing. Like for me, I do. I get pumped up about doing it. Actually, if I'm feeling okay, I might even try to hop on my bike and do a zone two ride tomorrow because I know that that zone is going to be healthy for me and is going to be fine. It's going to be safe for me to do, excuse me, as I'm recovering from COVID, you know, and it's, it's one of those things that you want to be smart. I'm going to go ahead and put a plug in here. I've said it in a couple of episodes in the past. If you are recovering from COVID, you have to catch it or you catch like an awful virus infection, please, especially with COVID recovery, you want to play it safe for those first couple of weeks, even if you did have a mild case of it. I hate to talk about COVID, but I've had some clients dealing with that lately and, you know, myself, of course. And it's it's something that I just want to remind people, like, you want to reduce your risk of a long COVID as best as possible, all right? Because that is what's going to be problematic for folks who want to have longevity on their side, but then who also want to perform for longer periods of time in their life. And they want to not only have longevity on their side, but they want to have the ability to live longer, but with vibrance. You know, you want to have a healthful longevity, right? (laughs) You know, I mean, that's my goal. Like, trust me, I actually feel really good. And I so badly wanted to go out to the garage gym, get a workout in today. But I was like, nope, I just need to lay on the bed and do taxes. <laughs> like as, as boring as that sounds, like I just, I had to suck it up. So please, please, please. There is a time and a place to listen to your body. You know, like today I felt really good and I probably would have felt pretty good like working out, but it is not worth the risk as I am rehabbing and recovering from this, you know, and, and it's just not worth the risk. And I'd love to convey that to you all. Not that I'm trying to tell you what to do. You know, that's not where I come from. That's not the stance that I am. But please, I'm trying to guide most of you to make the best decision for your health and longevity. So that being said, uh, I'm going to step off my soapbox. But I did want to plug that for a minute or two. You know, just the importance of like giving yourself that recovery. And it's better to take the recovery now than feel like you need to take the recovery later after you've developed something that's a little bit more long-term, Okay. Um, all right. I think that's all I have for you friends. You know, chances are like, (laughs) I'm probably gonna have to come back to this zone two in another episode, but it'll be a few episodes before I do. And that's only because I would love to see what questions evolve from these episodes and what questions you might have. So if any questions do pop up as you pursue this zone two magical unicorn in your training over the next few weeks, 
man, I would love to hear from you. You can email me, jen at shifthumanperformance.com. It is J-E-N, so just one N, at shifthumanperformance.com. Or you can find me at shifthumanperformance on Instagram. Throw me a DM. I would love to hear how your training's going, how your zone two is going. Genuinely, I want to know. If you're in my Shred Strong program, if you're one of my one-on-one clients, of course I'm going to hear from you directly. But man, drop me a line. I would love to hear how Zone 2 is going for you all. Um, All right. That being said, I'm glad that I got through this with only a couple of little tiny coughs, little baby wimpy coughs. Uh, Apologize for sounding like Kermit the Frog, but I'd never miss an episode. And this episode, I just happened to record a little bit later because I was at the gym a little bit more this past week. Uh, unfortunately, so I just, I couldn't get a chance to record this, you know, between my orthodontics appointment and all this other stuff. So, Hey, I'm here. I'm here for it now, but let me know what questions you have. And if you like this episode, you really do like the series. Hey, I would love if you hit subscribe and that way you can get all of the current updates with every single episode as they drop rate it, please. Especially if you find it's five star, give me some feedback. And if you ever have a, a podcast topic up, uh, Oh my God, friends, I'm almost through. I'm almost to the end here. This is what happens when I, I do it 100% unscripted. Like I don't even have notes in front of me right now because I just I just wanted to talk. I just wanted to talk. Um, but no, I would love to know if you have any podcast episode ideas that you want me to cover. Again, email me. Find me at, sh- at Shift Human Performance on Instagram. Whatever it is for you, I would love to know. On that note, I hope you have a beautiful day and I hope I sleep better tonight. <laughs> And uh, on that note, I will talk to you all next week. And hopefully I'll sound a little bit better. All right. Have a beautiful day.